Hey Flyers fans, it's Al Morgani here. I want to tell you about my new Flyers podcast, South Philly Sauce, along with Ashlyn Sullivan. We break down the ins and outs of the team while also bringing you the best interviews with players, coaches, and media members. You can hear the new episode every week, twice a week, on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes! It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Let me start off the jump here before we actually, you know, talk baseball or, or whatever. Apologizing for the the science fiasco from the last podcast, as I expected, Jack, as I thought in the moment and should have followed through on, you were missing a key piece of information in describing the law of gravity. The whole I, as soon as we were done, I go upstairs to Emily and I'm like, "So this is what Jack said. It's definitely not right, right?" And she's like, "Well, in a vacuum, it is, but not in like real when there's real conditions outside or anything." And I was like, I knew he was missing something. I knew it wasn't right. Jack, you made us look like fools. Explain yourself. I would just like to say that I feel like this has more to do with uh, my me not paying attention in class growing up. <laughs> I, and think so only, too. I think so too. I was more like a, I was a big uh, Spark Notes guy. You know, I, I would could, just kind of I could see that. Yeah, yeah. The way the way that I approached school was just get by, right? Like just be there, be present. Always there. No one was more dependable on being in class than me. <laughs> but don't expect much once once everything started. Like I was the classic guy in the like the group projects as like a kid where I was like, All right, give it to the nerd and then like let him at the end just say we all chipped in and did work. Like wasn't my thing, uh, school. So um Well it shows, would, pal. It shows. Yeah. Listen, I was <laughs> I was there for one reason and one reason only to play sports but um i did pick up offhandedly about 9.8 meters per second and uh i would just like everyone out there to know that like we're just kind of having some fun we are (laughs) (laughs) definitely was not serious we are very pro science (laughs) very pro science i just thought it was a, a fun little observation that i had that i never thought made any sense to me and i figured you know if i could share it with one audience <laughs> oh, it would it would be this audience like, yeah. like i james i swear i would be sitting there in class i was like dude that doesn't make any sense <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense so 10 years later uh i figured it, i knew i'd be hosting a phillies podcast and um i would have to bring up the law of gravity being bs so um I don't know. I feel like the people listening to this podcast can choose who they want to believe. My eye test or Albert Einstein? <laughs> it's not um, Einstein. It wasn't Einstein? Who was no, it? No, Newton, man. Oh, Sir Isaac Newton. He was a sir. He was a sir. You are correct. Well, so is Didi. So is Didi Gregorius. So who's to say which is more impressive? The apple on the head. You know the the, the story? I don't, I don't know that. Yeah. One, <laughs> we, should pro- we should probably move off science again before we uh, go down yes. a bad path. All right. Um. We'll get to the Phillies in a sec, but but World Series. Uh, we didn't really talk much about it last time. Obviously, it was just getting started. But, um, you know, I think in, in what was clearly a sham of a season, a clear asterisk attached to everything that happened, pretty fun World Series. So I was actually expecting to be with you on the asterisk things, but I actually feel like the Dodgers won the World Series. Oh, I, I don't. I don't, well, I, but I don't but feel like it but, is a World Series. I feel like it was the 2020 Baseball Championship. But here's the thing: is that and it, it it felt it felt just as real as the other times because they 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 threw in that best of three series that that doesn't always have to be thrown in, and also it was the it was the Rays versus the Dodgers. Who, if you predicted that before the season, it'd be like, oh, that makes sense. So like the like the Heat Lakers never felt real to me. Because it was like, dude, the Heat wouldn't really be here if this was a legitimate season. But I genuinely felt like Dodgers and the Rays could have been there had they uh, had they played 162. You know, I hockey. think they might have. I think they probably would have. Right. Those were definitely the two best teams. That doesn't mean that it doesn't have an asterisk. An asterisk is this season. Look, an asterisk doesn't have to be 
inherently bad. It's not like, oh, that's not an achievement. It's clearly an achievement. It just is signifying the fact that this was a weird, ridiculous season where they only played 60 games and all kinds of weird, chamois-type stuff happened. And that has to be acknowledged when you say Los Angeles Dodgers 2020 World Series champions, quote-unquote. Like, you just have to acknowledge. It has to be different. Like, again, you can view it whatever through whatever prism you want. You can say it's exactly the same. It's a, a totally valid championship. And someone else can say, eh, it was a sham of a season. Regardless, the asterisk has to be there to show that it was not a normal baseball season. Listen, you, you can say whatever you want. All I know is that this is just more of your anti-Clayton Kershaw <laughs> propaganda that you are spreading. Because you, you, you like – here's what's so messed up about you. I was is happy that, for Kershaw. No, I mean, there's no kind one of, truly, To kind of win a championship is cool. No one likes seeing other people fail quite like you. Oh, and, yeah, that's my MO. That's me. That's what they call and, me. I mean, well, this is just if, if this was the Rays that won, you'd be like, "Oh, Kevin Cash, goat! Oh, Charlie Morton, <laughs> Charlie Morton, better than Roy Halladay!" Uh, like yes. th- this would this would be your your take, but since you just loathed Clayton Kershaw I so much, said, yes, I was rooting for the Dodgers, but yes, I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and it, it is a shame. Um, I really, dude, I don't know about you, but I was watching the game last night, and I was like, just give me Kershaw. I, oh, I, I but, but at the same time, I also couldn't say that without thinking of Grady Little and Pedro Martinez and say, ah, maybe Kershaw should not come into this game here. Yeah, but, I mean, just so many narratives could have been erased or fueled by oh yeah and look so. look obviously you the takesman anyone who enjoys drama and sports wanted kershaw to be in in that game but from i mean like just he could have thrown urias for another three innings it felt like like that dude was not getting hit last night just like most of the series urias is nasty he made the right call but i agree with you dave roberts out managing kevin cash how about that who had that on their bingo card I, for one, did not see that happening. All right, let, uh, let's quickly, let's talk about, because we're, we're, I understand where you're coming from in the asterisk thing, but I think, I, look, we, I, I feel how I feel. Regardless, I think the bigger story to come out of the, the last game was the, the obviously, the Blake Snell decision and, oh, and the, and the rebirth. Love of it. analytics are killing the game, Jack. Oh, how can we even <laughs> watch it with all these analytics? I can't even see the screen. There's just so many numbers. All right. So, what do you think God. about what do you think about the decision and then the the fallout from the decision? Uh, you know what? For such a dead sport, I'm just so surprised so many people are talking <laughs> about one decision. Imagine this happening in another sport. Like, seriously, like no one's breaking down whether or not like Eric Spolstra made the right lineup change in, in the finals or like Frank Vogel. No one even credits him with being able to really win a championship. Like no one's breaking down what they're doing. Meanwhile, we're having full discourses online about Kevin Cash doing what he's done all year, which is pull guys early and not let stars go deep in games and whatnot. Now oh dude, I love a good analytics debate. And it's like I am generally of the premise that analytics are a regular season thing to get to the postseason. But in the postseason you have to trust what you see a little bit more like you can't do what got you there like I just I don't buy into that when it comes to the postseason because the postseason is just a different animal and him pulling Blake Snell with how well Blake Snell is pitching for Nick Anderson is just absurd like Nick Anderson was awful in the postseason and Nick Anderson for the last like or ever since the Rays have acquired him has been the best relief pitcher in the sport like he's been unbelievable and I get why you would say all right uh, water always finds its level but like let's let's lose let's use a little bit of reasoning here. I mean, he's been dreadful. He's at 73 pitches. Mookie Springer and Turner were combined 0 for 6 with 6 Ks. Like it was a perfect position to just be like, "All right, I'm going to trust my guy and let him ride." And I don't care that like his av- the, I guess the averages is when he gets over 75 pitches is like 300 300 390 1200 OPS, all that stuff. Like legit bad numbers. But that's not because you you don't let him do it ever. 
Like Blake's as a Blake Snell fantasy baseball owner, I I was incredibly frustrated <laughs> because it was like, dude, he would be, he would he would strike out like nine in four innings, and Kevin Cash would be like, all right, no, this is too much, get him out of there. And it's just so funny that this happened the day before, like Cliff Lee's it was the Cliff Lee game was on this date in two thousand nine. It's like would Kevin Cash have pulled as had pulled Cliff Lee? Um, so yes. Listen, yeah, he probably he definitely would have. He definitely would have. So it was and it's it's honestly it's frustrating because um like listen, I'm I'm a big adapter die guy when it comes to to analytics and stuff, but there's also that that starting pitching guy in me that's like, man, I just want to see if a starter can do it. And I know it might not work numbers wise and all that stuff, but seeing a starter go like 8 innings in a Winner go home, game six of the World Series, just putting his team on his back. Like that's what aces do. That's what horses do. That's what that's what top of the rotation talents do. And Blake Snell was on pace to do that. And the fact that they got ripped from him hurts. Like it legitimately hurts. That's that's baseball. Like that last night was freaking baseball. And I understand everything that went into the decision. I just hated it. I just Flat out hated it, and I don't know. It's the second straight, well, second-ish straight World Series where great starting pitching that you rely on and great players have carried you, and it's just it's just another testament to that. Great starting pitching still matters, and the Dodgers had more of it than the, the Rays this series, and... It's just it's just frustrating, but I get why he did it and whatever. Kevin Cash is still great. I agree, Kevin Cash is still great, but I I don't excuse this decision. I know there are a million people out there saying, "Well, this was their process all season," and blah blah. I get it, but like again, to exactly what Jack said, you ha- there these are human beings playing this game. You know that's like one of my things, but like you have to adapt to the situation. You have to be willing to say, "All right, Blake Snell is a Cy Young winning pitcher." who is clearly, clearly locked the hell in right now. I mean, he was dealing. He was dominant. Like, he looked unhittable, you know, for all intents and purposes. And you just have to have a feel in some moments. Like, sometimes, sometimes you have to be willing to step away from the numbers and step away from the process and say, it's game six of the freaking World Series our season is on the line. It's a one nothing game, and there is now a runner on first. Do I want my ace, my ace, who is only at 73 pitches, who is as locked in as any pitcher can be on an individual night, do I want to pull that guy for someone cold out of the bullpen who hasn't even been good in the playoffs, but someone cold out of the bullpen in this spot, or do I want to let this dude battle this out I, it just was such a no-brainer to me and and look sometimes there there could be the situation where a vast majority of people think something's the right thing and it, it might be the wrong thing in this case like literally everyone on the planet everyone who's ever watched baseball before everyone on twitter like everyone knew it was a mistake like we all were like well that's a bad decision like I texted you in the moment. I texted you the moment it happened. I was like, well, pulling Snell's a decision. Like, and like, and, and you were like, it's what they've done all year. And you were like, but I hate it too. Like, but it's like, we knew it. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it in the moment. And yet might not have backfired. You have process over results, all that. But like sometimes to your point in big situations, particularly in the playoffs, you need to be willing to trust your eyes, trust your guys, trust the moment. Like, and and I I think Kevin Cash really deserves to be crushed for it. I really and and it's the whole organization. I think the whole organization deserves it because it's not just a Kevin Cash decision. Obviously, that is a a a formula that they use. But ultimately, in the moment, Kevin Cash is a a manager of the year, World Series manager. He has to make that call in the moment, and I think he blew it. I really do. I know what their process is. Sometimes you gotta make the call, and I think he made the wrong call. And Jack, to your point, I agree with the analytics. Thing. I I sent you this quote too, but it's uh like. I can't read the actual phrasing of the quote on here because it's pretty expletive-laden. But Billy Bean, basically the famous quote, is one of my brother's favorite quotes. He loves to send it to me when this kind of stuff happens. Is basically like, look, my job is to get my team to the playoffs. That's what analytics do. After that, it's luck. Like, And it's much more expletive-laden than that. But he's not wrong, Jack. No, he's not. I mean, and that's kind of that's kind of where that's, that's kind of how I feel about um, a lot of regular season baseball. Like 
sure, over 162, going for the home run, going for the big inning, all that stuff is going to work out. And, and you know, str- uh, not having your starter stretched out and using your bullpen and all that stuff like that, that wins regular season games. But what separates great teams from, from good teams is the ability in the postseason to find the right matchups and uh, trust your guys and trust what you're seeing and all that stuff. So um, I tell you what, there's nothing that I love more than like just second guessing managerial decisions. Like it was the one last night, obviously with, with Kevin Cash the year before is Hinch. I mean, Hinch not bringing in Garrett, not Cole bringing Garrett awesome. Cole. Oh my God. Like, Disastrous. It's just, it's just so, and I think that's what makes baseball so awesome is like, it has know, these moments, these moments. Right. That, and, yeah. And it's one of those things where you can see it coming. It's like, is he going to go to him? Is he not going to go to him? Or, like, what are you doing? You got to go to him. And it's like a, it's like an avalanche almost, where it's just like you, you see it coming. It, he makes a decision. Everyone's second guessing it, you know. And it's, it's like, I feel like there's more people at home that are watching that understand the processes of baseball more than almost any other sport. Like football. No one really knows anything about football. Like we act like we know football, <laughs> but no one, like no one really knows anything about football. So stick um, wide two route, Jack. Oh, got to fill the a gap. Like what the hell is an a gap? Like I, shut I know up. What an a-gap just, is, but yes, I'm I know what an a gap is too. But it's just like shut up. Like everyone, <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Everyone watching football is just watching the quarterback. Like that's all watching football is. It's just is the quarterback playing well? Cool. Um, Very you know, with you, Jack. So, Very with you. It's a good take. Right. Right, so like no one knows anything about football, basketball. No, no one knows anything about basketball. I mean, you can kind of understand and watch what's going on, but no one like really understands the nuances. And in hockey, like, dude, no one knows anything about hockey. It's like, is the puck in the net? Cool, I'm happy. <laughs> you know, like seriously, no one knows that. No one knows. There's, I can't, honestly, there's no strategy in hockey. I'm convinced there's no strategy in hockey. It's like, it's it's a gym class sport. I mean, that's why it's always so frustrating to to watch, but. I love that Baseball. phrase. I've never heard that. It's a gym class sport. Is a really that's a great way to describe it. I love that. Um, but baseball is like the one sport where I feel like anyone at their home can be sitting there and watching and and pretty much understand what's going on. You know, it's not that hard to. It's not a hard game to really break down, catch it, throw it, hit it. Like it's ultimately that's what it is. And I feel like everyone, no matter how little or how much you played, was watching Kevin Cash last night. And like just wondering what he was doing and what his thought process was and had a had a take on it, you know. I mean, it it felt just like Britain back in what was that 2012, 2013 when when Showalter freaking just let oh, Britain yeah, sure. sit in the bullpen and and brought in Ubaldo. For it's sure, like, what are we? That was the year Britain just, Britain hadn't won to save that year. I think that was that year, right? Uh, and yeah. it's just like that's what that's what makes the sport so great. Breaking down managerial decisions, like getting mad at managers, and like it's just it's just such a such a perfect sport it is it is truly great and that's what's so frustrating it's like now you know maybe maybe people wouldn't view baseball as such a dead sport if the people that covered baseball and talked about baseball primarily didn't just crap on it all the time like if you look at the ratings obviously they're down from years past in 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 most cases and it's every sport is down uh, except for football because football is a machine but like, the the pandemic is skilled uh, has killed you know sports viewing but it's still it's still uh, drew the nba finals and all of that like it's still a really popular sport and it's a popular sport in individual cities whereas like people care more about their local baseball team than you know their local basketball or hockey team in most cases and it just bothers me that you know, you ha- you had a decision like last night, like whether or not you you agree with analytics or not, it's like you got to just destroy the whole thing because because it's not played the exact way that you grew up watching it and playing it. Like, what about the generations under under you, right? Like, I grew up watching the sport now. Like, I, I know I know what's going on, and I don't actively root against it. You know, so I don't know. It, I don't think it would be viewed as like such a dead, dying sport if the old people that are paid big money to talk about it and tweet about it and write about it didn't just constantly complain about, oh, it's so unwatchable now. It's like just because the game has changed doesn't mean that it's unwatchable. Every sport has changed. Like it's just a sport. It's just a sport. Like calm down. But that's my mini rant. Yeah, I, it's a great rant. I mean, look, the. 
one of the two guys calling the World Series doesn't sound like he likes the sport like that much when he's watching it. And he played it like John Smoltz is like a, a bummer to watch as he's ripping shifts and this and that. And like, he's just not a lot of fun to watch. Doesn't sound like he really loves baseball when he's talking about it. Um, I'm, I'm with you on that point across the board. And again, look, don't blame analytics. Like, blame the people implementing analytics. Blame the people... Who, you know, and look, we've talked about this before. This is not new for us that, you know, look, we understand and I think agree that the the home run walk strike out of it all is is certainly not good for baseball from a fun watching the game perspective. We are both proponents of, you know, seeing more playoff baseball all year round, that type of baseball. But I mean, to to just whenever one of these types of things happens, it's always like, oh, analytics is ruining the sport. Well, actually, last night, analytics was the reason that game was so compelling. How about that? Like, the reason that that game was so compelling was because analytics led to a decision that was so wildly reviled and disagreed with and ultimately blew up in their face that it gave us this thing to talk about and this thing to argue about and this thing to discuss and allow people to defend the analytics of it and all that, like... I don't understand what why people hate it so much. Like again, if you want to make the argument that that it's the home run strikeout, like as we've talked about, like that's a different argument. But in terms of like what we saw last night, like analytics actually made that game more fun. It did make it more fun, and it made people furious, which is why I uh, I love it so much. I just um, well, one thing yeah. too that I've noticed that I love that you do, and you did it in a very passionate rant there, but you did it earlier in the podcast and I wrote down a note to bring it back up and then you just did it again and then you did it in a very subtle way before too is that you are like the baseball's champion like you find ways to bring up the ratings and who it's beating you always take a big affront when people say it's dying you know if there's a dying sport and then you come back here with this rant about um yeah, I just I I think uh I don't think you get enough credit, Jack, as as baseball's champion. Like the true well, because, fighter for baseball. Because all I get told all the time is how like, oh, who who even cares about the World Series? It's like, dude, a lot of people care about the World Series. <laughs> Joe to camera. Um just cuz you don't care about the World Series doesn't mean that everyone doesn't care about the World Series. But like it just it just bothers me how it's talked about and the general discourse about baseball. It's like there's everyone's just so miserable all the time. And like, instead of being miserable, how about you figure out why they're doing it and the thought process behind it? And it's like, yeah, see, I, I am very pro human. And, and believe me, I like watching starters go deep in games and all that stuff. But like, how about instead of it always having to be like a analytics, bad dude, like, why can't it just be like, Oh, okay. I see his thought process. I think it's stupid, but whatever. Like, also, it's all discourse on analytics. Like, the Dodgers won a game yesterday where they had an opener. Like, in a game I know, six of the I World know. Series. The Rays are ruining baseball with analytics. Yeah, like, oh. Dodgers get an opener. What are, what are we talking about here? It's 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 absolutely ludicrous. So, um, I listen. If I need to, if I need to be the guy that's going to be positive on. <laughs> on baseball i will be that guy very gladly but um i just yeah it the way people talk about it it's like it's like a they 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 like they kick their puppy you know like it's it's baseball like it's it's a sport it's something we enjoy and it's changed and i understand it's not the way that it used to be played but let's let's do a little bit more critical thinking and less knuckle dragging a uh I feel like a fitting end to the year for Rob Manfred too, with how it all started with the, you know, bleep show of, uh, you know, lead up to the season with, uh, you know, his handling of the labor negotiations and all that. And then for him to basically sound drunk, I don't know if he was or wasn't, whatever was going on while getting booed at the end there. And then obviously the whole Justin Turner situation, which, you know, we don't have to dive into, but I think it was obviously personally outrageous that that guy was out on the field. I understand celebrating with your teammates and all that and whatever, but like, you know, some things are more important. You're in, we're in the middle of a pandemic. There are so many people who've had to suffer real hardships during this pandemic and you wanting to celebrate is not a real hardship comparative to the things that people have had to deal with, like not being with their parents when they died, their parents dying in the first place, all this type of stuff. So whatever, we don't need to get into the whole, that, that whole thing is that's not really what we do too much here, but I, that's where I stand. I think Justin Turner's 
an asshat, and I think the whole organization are asshats for it, and I think Major League Baseball are assets for it. But ultimately, Rob Manfred, uh, I think about as bad a year as a commissioner can have from start to finish. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, like we just completely forget about the freaking Astros thing. Like, the Astros a, yes, thing was, great point. That was a great. That was before the labor negotiation. It's like yeah. gone. Great point. Yeah. No one talks about the Astros. No one talks about the Astros. Do we remember how much he botched the Astros thing? Wow. Like, he was so bad. Like, he called the World Series trophy a punk of metal. He, he like, he just, like, it's what a great an awful point, year. Jack. And it's the, a the, great the, point. You're right. The, Honestly, it's a, uh, Jack, what a great point. I didn't even include that in my awful year for him because there was so much awful stuff that happened after. And then he caps it off with that performance yesterday. Oh, like, oh man. Uh, I mean, what? 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 Honestly, I hope he's I hope he's healthy. Me too. Like, me too. All jokes is that I agree with you because it seemed like let's put it this way: he was either wasted or there could be something wrong with him. So if there's something wrong with him, I, I don't. I'm not making fun of the how he acted, but it definitely seemed like he was like drunk. If I had to guess, yeah. Well, well, they they did come out and say like this was the, he had a problem with his feedback. I guess so. Like it, I guess it was like in his ear at the same time as he was trying to talk and whatnot. But then just to take your earbuds out, you know. So they did, they said it was nothing health related. So I mean, I hope not because my first thought was like, oh, he's the, having he's, a stroke or something. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I hope I hope it's not that, but like, dude, he sounded he sounded hammered. Like it it was it <laughs> was unbelievable. I so, I mean, just a just a I mean, what an awful year. I mean, he can't. I'm sure he it's can't. Wait. I'm sure he's just so glad that it's over. I think. Well, I also think that like he got booed heartily by the whatever amount of people were there. There was like eleven thousand people. Yeah. And it sounded like a full house. It sounded like a full house, and I think that struck him too. Because like, I think a lot of times those people who are who are that high level or whatever are somewhat insulated from the critiques of the normies like you and us, you know, the normal people or whatever. But like Goodell has to go to the NFL draft and get booed by people. And then he realizes he's like, Oh, these people don't like me very much. Oh, that's good to know. Or whatever. I think it kind of like, I don't think Manfred thought people loved him, but I think the boozy got shook him a little bit too. I mean, it clearly that he he didn't know how to react. I, I mean, because the ML, MLB draft is all just like owners or not owners, but uh, front office people, and like them booing him would be a weird scene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's that, and it's not like he gets out in public. Like every time he goes out in public, he's like, you know, he's uh, doing a press conference with a bunch of reporters, and if yeah. they boo him again. And he that, lives in New York, scene. which is a place where no one says anything to famous people. Like it's like a code. It's like L.A. It's like that type of thing, you know? Oh, sweet. That's why. Yeah, I knew that code too when I was in Philly, and uh, I saw Jason uh, Siegel walking around, and I didn't say anything because it's a code, you know? Not because not because you froze up. Right, right, and it's the same thing when I saw Rich Doobie. Uh, did when you're at Cooperstown, <laughs> when you're at Cooperstown, you don't break the code of Cooperstown yes. and, and talk to you, talk to you heroes like Rich Doobie. You would have, you like would have Rich made Rich Doobie's month, is my guess. Listen, next time I see good old Dick <laughs> Dick Doobs, Doobie, Doobs. I will uh, <laughs> I'll make sure I say hi, so I'm not acting like a nerd. Um, but yes, Rob Manfred. Just a just, just a tough a dis- year, a disastrous year for me. <laughs> tough year, and now there's an eight point three billion dollar uh, debt this year. Oh which is great. yeah, and See, he's now, talking. Think- he's talking about how much you're losing. He's giving interviews to Evan Drellick, being like, "Oh, buddy, let me tell you how much money we're losing." Very eager to share it, and, and like there, this has to be happening in all sports, right? I mean, I, I would say football probably the least because of the TV contracts, but like. I don't know. It, it seems like why course, is baseball always um, it? But I, I think because they're they're dramatizing it again, as I've said from the beginning throughout the whole labor negotiations, the whole thing, all of it. Like, if you want us to believe you that you are losing all this money, open up your books and show us. Because if you don't, why would I believe you? Why should I believe you? Why should I believe these people? Why? Give me one good reason to believe these billionaires who have lied over and over and over again. Who, to the point we were just talking about. All the, the fan stuff somehow found a way to put 11,000 people in an enclosed stadium in a quote-unquote playoff bubble, which might be the biggest hypocrisy of the whole thing. They have the players go to a, they go to Texas for a bubble. 
and then they let fans in? Like, what is that? Like, that's crazy town. Like, what are we doing here? Like, it's just, they are liars. They are all liars. That's how I feel. But not not Johnny boy. I mean, John's going to have a big offseason. John better, because you know what? As much as as I'm not saying he's a good owner or whatever, he's still horrible, whatever, but Josh Harris just brought Daryl Morey here. Your move, uh, your move, John, because there's a Daryl Morey in baseball out there waiting. Yeah, may have just been in the world blank series. Blank. Uh, but that's check. Blank. That's the always official position. Yes. But it's like, and the shame of it all is, is like there was there's so many good uh, like scouts and and that stuff that have been let go from teams because they can't afford them. Like why don't you why don't you zig when others are zagging totally. and get like totally. all it's a buying opportunity, Jack. Totally. I know. I know. I know. It it really is. It's like a it's like a golden opportunity to go scoop up some of the best and the brightest in the sport. And um, you know, it's something I fear that that Cohen's gonna do up in there in New York if 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 he ever is approved as the owner, which I feel like he's been approved <laughs> three times, um, but I guess he's gonna be officially provo- uh, approved on Friday. But it's just like such a golden opportunity um, to to go get some of the best and the brightest. But you did bring up Daryl Morey, and boy, did my first thought automatically become Neander because yep. it's the exact same thing. Yep. It's the exact same freaking thing. Like John, it's right there. Like, it is legitimately right there in front of you. The Sixers laid the groundwork. I mean, they got Daryl freaking Morey. I know. Like, I, I still can't like, believe it. I still can't believe it. Like, we have, a, a, like, one of the smartest guys in the league running the Sixers. Like, yeah. yeah. And like, that's, that's all Josh we want. Harris, that's all we've is, ever said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's all we've ever said. Come on, John. Like, Josh Harris is, a, is, a, is an awful, a truly awful owner. And and he was able to get Daryl Morey here. And you want to know why? Because he spent, yep. he just spent money on on getting Daryl Morey here. Like that's what's gonna take. He spent, I don't know, he's paying Doc Rivers ten million a year. I'm pretty sure. Like, like, hey, buddy, do you want to win or do you want to not win? Like that's 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 what we're talking about here. And and like Eric, like look at what Eric Neander did. Like look what he did there. For as much as we talked about High and Bloom last year, Neander was his boss. Like Neander, <laughs> Neander still is pretty much making all those moves. Like. Hiam, I think, is going to be good. But, like, Nander is definitively is already good. Definitely, good, yeah. Definitely good at his job. And, like, when you see that Dodgers team, you know, obviously they have the high-end talent. I mean, Kershaw, Dustin May, Mookie, Betts, um, uh, Seager, um, Jock Peterson, I guess, Will Harris, um, just all these, like, top-end talent guys. And then you Will supplement Smith. them with the Will Max Muncies. The, the the Chris Taylors, the Kike Hernandez's, the like that's what we could freaking be. Like that's what we could be. We could be Dodgers East and and just whatever it takes. Seriously. Even if he's like, No, I'm I'm content here in Tampa and, and offer him more. Like if you're not gonna spend money on players and you're not gonna spend money on scouts and you're not gonna spend money on certain things. Spend money on this. If you want to be a semi quasi like small market team, then go get Eric Neander. Like it's just it's so obvious and they are in such a golden opportunity to do this do this. And don't give me the freaking Oh, Andy McPhail might stand in the way. Then fire him. Like you're the owner. You were the owner of the baseball team. You can do you could fire Andy if you want. You can say, Hey Andy, step aside. Like this whole notion that Andy McPhail is gonna step in the way of a, a potential presidential hire is ridiculous. Like it's it's not gonna happen. If you want him to move, then fire him or make him move. Like it's not that big of a deal. But um it's a it's an opportunity to get a legit big wig in the sport in here and i just want them to go after the best one it is right there it is, he he just lost the world series he could be thinking hey i've done all i can accomplish here i got into game six of the world series with against a 200 million dollar payroll let me see what i can do be that team john just be that team and you are that team just act like it please 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, to your point there about, you know, if you're not going to spend money here, if you're not going to spend money, like, I don't care if you don't spend money anywhere else if you spend money here. Like, this is the most important spot to spend money. Eric Neander just proved it by taking the race to the World Series with the budget that they have. Like, that's the point. Like, this guy just showed, and obviously you would hope that Middleton would spend more than the Rays would, even if he's not going to spend as much as we want him to, which, you know, obviously he will um, a year to year, I mean, like, so, like, th that's it. Like, this is the most important thing to spend the money on. Like, Neander literally just proved it. Like, that's the guy. That's the thing. That's the thing that matters. I, like, uh, so with you, Jack. This is, and again, it's actually, like, the, the Maury thing is such a, a perfect parallel in, in a couple ways. Obviously, just the idea of bringing, like, the smartest, most um, creative, original guy available or quasi-available, whatever, in and and taking that job to take over a franchise that you know re has real problems in terms of building for the future at the moment but also the idea that like Josh Harris prior to Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey was enemy number one in Philadelphia like people were talking about him as, as maybe the worst owner in the history of, of the city I mean he was reviled and don't get me wrong like I'm not saying that people love Josh Harris now I certainly don't but like I got to give the dude some credit. Like he certainly has turned the narrative around and like it, John Middleton has that opportunity here. Like again, let's not forget like a month ago or whatever it was, three weeks ago, whatever it was when, when Clintac stepped down and we see that disastrous press conference and discuss that disastrous press conference. Like we didn't forget that John, we didn't forget not making the playoffs for nine years. No, we haven't forgotten any of this stuff. Like this is a chance with one move, one decision, one payment, and obviously a potentially lofty one, but one payment to completely turn that narrative around. Like with one move, like, it just seems like such a no-brainer for John Middleton, who seems like he wants to win, if nothing else. Like, he has no idea how to do it, but seems like he at least wants to win in a, a holistic sense and also seems like he does want to be viewed as a winner. You know, so, like, do this, John, and you'll go a hell of a lot closer, a hell of a lot longer way to being viewed that way. Listen, and if you... If, you, if it comes down to... Paying Neander or paying JT? Like, it's not I'm, a question. I'm paying Neander. It's not, not a question. question. If it comes down to paying Neander or any player on the roster, it's Neander. Any the roster in the whole. Like again, I would take, uh, I would take a raise level of money roster for a few years if that's what it takes to get Neander in here to start rebuilding this whole thing, and then we can move forward. Like whatever. And obviously that would never happen. I'm just using an extreme example. The point is, is that Neander is more important than anyone on the roster. It's not even close. Yeah. Uh, and wouldn't it be nice? I mean, like they've had to give away legit talent too to to save money. I mean, like they had to trade away Jake Cronenworth and Tommy Pham because they weren't going to pay Tommy Pham. It's like it's like they had freaking Jake Cron Cronenworth. Like, <laughs> like yeah, the guy who's battling bum for rookie of the year. Wouldn't that be yeah. nice? Yeah, and it's like, huh. I mean. It would just be, it would be so beyond huge. And it's like, you know, they're in the World Series. They have a loaded roster. They have everyone's coming out of the bullpen with like the the funny, the cool part about the 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 Rays bullpen. It's like they just get they just get pitch design guys and pitch shaping guys. And it's not it's not just a hundred mile an hour fireballers. Like they have guys who can just like spin a baseball on a slider and and whatnot. Like it's it's a they they have someone for every hitter in the lineup. It's just. They're such a cool team to to kind of study. And they just went to game six of the World Series with it, like an $80 million payroll. And they still have the number one farm system in the sport. Like, like that's what's so crazy. It's like usually when teams go to the World Series and, you know, they're competitive for a couple of years, they, they, the, the farm system kind of falls by the wayside because it's like, oh, we're going to make win now moves and we're going to go for it. Like the Rays – are already amazing and they still have a loaded farm system behind them. Like that's, that's what I want here. Like that's what I want here. And I just, I, th I think he realizes it and I think he wants to go get him, And I think he wants to, you know, uh, go get a guy in here that has a track record and is, is pro as a, as a progressive president and someone that knows how to legitimately scout and develop guys 
it's all he talked about. If you if you're if you just kind of if you got to take away the bad parts of the press conference and focus on the good parts of the press conference, he was he was he was right about you know scouting and developing yep. and and on all that stuff. Like if you just take him at his word of that, then Neander's the guy, man. And John, I know you listen to the podcast because a lot of your actions have suggested that. If you think we were excited about Bryce Harper, like we will tell the fan base that they should be more excited about Neander than that of Bryce Harper. I know Bryce Harper is the player, and I know he, he he sells tickets, but let me tell you something. We would get this fan base to the point where it's like Neander is that big of a deal. So don't worry about that. We got that side covered. You can let JT walk, whatever. Just bring us, Eric. Blank check, whatever it takes. Absolutely need it. I love that idea. Yes, John, we got you. Yeah, that's what yeah, we're we trying to be, say. Listen, if we you, got you. We'll we, be your PR guys. Yes, we will. We will die. I will. I will stay up for forty-eight straight hours, convincing people that I, I'll. I'll, John, I'll tweet. I'll tweet, man. Okay, wow. look at that. Wow, think about that, John. Think about that, John. Think about what I'm saying here. I will tweet for you. I will tweet about how great Eric Neander is. How lucky we are to have him. I'll do all that, John. So we got you. I like this. I think that's more. I think that's more. Uh, incentive than the. I mean, it is pretty magnanimous of us if we're gonna be real. I mean, we're not getting paid for this or anything like that. We're not getting royalties or whatever. They, we're doing this, John, because it's the right thing to do. It's the right and thing to do. Like this is all we care about, you know. Yeah, James like, puts on <laughs> James. James puts on a facade that he's an Eagles fan, <laughs> and that he. And that he well, does you know what's funny is that. He, Honestly, this is the, the we never lied to the Ops listeners, and I love the Sixers. Like I, I'm a four for four. I love all my teams and stuff like that. But no joke, and this is really sad, and I'm really sad to admit this. But the very first emotion when I heard that the Sixers got Daryl Morey, even before my excitement that the Sixers had Daryl Morey, and he was gonna be in the city, how fun that was. My first emotion was jealousy. As a Philly, oh fan. same, yeah same. I'm not same. even kidding. That was the first thing I thought of. Was like. I want the smart guy. I want the smart guy on my team. And, and the Sixers are my team. So, yes, Jack. Yes. <sighs> imagine just like imagine getting the notification that uh, they they hired uh, Neander. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't want I don't want to let you dream about it too much, but like I mean James, 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 are you listening? I'm listening. listening. Yes. Full disclosure. I mean, we have we we again, never lied to the high hopes listeners. You saw me sprint down the hallway today for Daryl Jack, yo, Jack, Jack did like a, a actually somewhat impressive athletic sprint stop, rip the door open, yell, we got Maury. It was impressive. Listen, for as, for as overweight Explosion. as I am. That was the word I would say. Yeah. Quick feet. Listen, I had the fastest feet in the P-Sack. Everyone knows it. <laughs> I picked off a lot of people in high school. If I was given the opportunity in college, I would have picked off a lot of guys and didn't get the opportunity. I got quick feet. I got a, a lot of weight on top of those feet, but I moved pretty well. Ah, less Whatever. than before, buddy. Runner yeah. guy. Yeah. Runner quick guy. Twitch, quick, quick twitch athlete. Quick twitch and a runner guy. This is, you're going to be unstoppable. All right. Yes. Uh, last thing. And next week, I want to. Uh, we should get into some of the free agents and kind of talk. We're going to do our dream when do when should we do our perfect off season? You think that's next week or the week after? Because we should do it soon because um, the off season is so starting. I think I think it should be the following week because I'm pretty sure we're gonna have a friend of the podcast on next week. Ooh, I from, don't even know what you're talking about, but I love it. From down in instructionals, Phillies. Oh, buddy, yes. Yeah, yes. I, think, I think it's time. I think it's time to it's bring the big dog. Way back too on the long. Podcast. Way too yes. long. All right, so big dog next week. We'll do our perfect off season after that. We'll get in a little. Free agent talk, but the last two things for me, and then we'll get to your take bag. But um, back to Manfred for a second. You uh, sure. <laughs> luckily, not him specifically, but the game itself. Um, I think kind of the two other big news from baseball to kind of come out, or the other big news, two parts, um, was that Manfred is looking. Obviously, the players union has to agree, but to keep expanded playoffs and to keep the runner on second base rule for twenty twenty one. I know you were. Very bullish on the runner on second base rule. Uh, what do you think about both moving forward uh, and you know the potential for them to be a part of the game? Well, I I, I like the runner on second rule. Um, like forever, think, you're in on it. I'm fine. Listen, 
for the regular season, I'm fine with it. You know, I get, I agree with I, that. I can't be in the playoffs. You have to stop. No, 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 no. Playoffs, playoffs would be a total sham. But I, again, the the my main reason for liking the runner on second rule is I genuinely felt like I was finally watching baseball again. You know, a runner on second, move them over, get them in. You know, I I I love that kind of baseball, and I know that makes me sound like a freaking like. Dinosaur. Oh, let's take it. Let's take it back to the fifties, and you know. And you but, call me the old guy. I know. Listen, no one has older sports opinions than me. I I would say that I have the most old sports opinions in of all twenty six year olds in the Philadelphia area. So um, I just like because I feel like I was watching baseball again, and I think for the regular season it makes sense. You know, for every Mitchie Poo and Wilson Valdez and all that, there's like a. 20,000. Oh, let me just try to hit a home run and end the game for four innings, you know, where like position players have to get in. Like for every magical postseason or uh, extra innings game, there's like 200 terrible ones. So I think at least with the extra inning rule, it, it kind of moves the game along and it's fun and um, it adds intrigue and, and it feels like you're actually watching baseball. Now, don't even think about expanding the playoffs. Like I hate the expanded playoffs. I did not. I didn't watch like the first round. Like I just didn't care. I don't care that these dog crap teams are in. And like again, why are you watering down the, water, the regular season? Like why? This is my main problem with all of sports is that everything's just it's just geared so much towards get to the postseason, get to the postseason, get to the postseason. Like baseball was the one sport where I was like, let me enjoy the 162. Let me enjoy the journey. Let me see if my team can make a run in September. And yeah, sure. We might fall out of it, but like, but like for the, for the love of the sport, like do we really need that many playoff teams? We just don't, you don't need that many playoff teams. And, and ultimately like, I don't want 81, 81, win, 81, 81 win teams trying to make the playoffs or like 79 win teams making the playoffs or even like 84 win teams making the playoffs. Like, I just want sports to to be earned, and I don't want I don't want these like these like eighty one win baseball teams being awarded with winning a world uh, or with making the playoffs. I don't want mediocrity being rewarded. I don't want to turn into freaking hockey where like eight seeds can upset one seeds. Like I don't like that. I like seeing great teams be honored with being great teams and winning. And I just hate that everything is gearing towards like. TV contracts and we got to fill this and everyone only really cares about playoff baseball or playoffs playoffs in all sports. So we got to expand the playoffs to get more teams in to add more intrigue into September. And it's like, how about we just reward the teams that deserve to be there? How about we, how about we just stick to that? So I hate it. I couldn't hate expanded playoffs more. Just leave it where it was. Let the truly great teams get in and listen, you'll still see magic. I mean, the nationals last year were magical. Like that's, Something that can happen, but I don't need that with just crap teams making the playoffs. I hate it. I really do. I agree with you. Uh, I I would be fine. Uh, like uh, like again, I'm I'm fine if they keep it at ten, which it was before. Obviously, I would be fine with twelve. Anything more than that, I have a problem. Uh, I think twelve is is okay. I can accept it. You're still talking about twelve thirty. That's not that bad. Obviously, the sixteen this year. And I was okay with it for the sham of a season. I, st- I, and even then I hated it. I ended up yeah. hating it more than I thought I would. It sucked. It the fact that the Philadelphia Phillies went one and seven in their last day and could have gone two and six and made the playoffs is is a joke. I mean that's we all watched this team all year. They were not a playoff team. Like it's just stupid. It it as you said, it waters it down. It makes it feel it makes it feel inconsequential. It makes it feel like something's not earned. So. I'm 100% with you. I would rather it stay at 10 than go past 12. 12, I will accept. I'm not saying I'm advocating for it, but I'm fine with it. But anything past that, and uh, I'm just out. I, I I am 100% with you. I think it's a disaster. I don't know how 12 works. It would have to be like 6-6, six, six, and then you can't have three play each other. Would, I know it's funky. So for, for that reason alone, stay at 10 as far as I'm concerned. But the 16 was a travesty. And I really think like of all the things that happened this year, like – the expanding playoffs to that level is the number one thing that could threaten the long-term integrity of baseball. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have the DH. Like, I'd rather have the DH. It's not even close, teams. Jack. Come on. It's not That's not even, even close. close. It's not even yeah. close. Like, it's not even a – like, I thought the DH was good, but obviously I like it coming in. So, let's be honest, Jack. Let's be honest here. And may, you would be different than most, but how many times watching games this year did you say, oh, you know what I miss? I miss the pitcher hitting. Or, or I don't know, at a certain point, even notice that the pitcher didn't hit anymore. Like, come on. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I never lie to the High Hopes listeners, and I plead the fifth. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not answering. That was a really good line. I, I'm surprised you've never used that before. It was very good. I'm not answering the question. That was good. All right. What do you got in your take back? Um, all right. So <sighs> I just want to know if you're ever going to apologize to uh, Clayton Kershaw for rooting against him. But um, <laughs> this is the uh, tonight is the anniversary of the Cliff Lee game in 2009, the behind the back. And honestly, like, Probably the coolest pitching performance ever. I mean, just a just an absolute like bleep you start from Cliff Lee. Um and I tell you what, man, for that one half a year, there was no one cooler. Like there was no one cooler than there, Cliff Lee. Th- I will argue there is only one other cooler pitching performance, but I agree with this point. He had he had a swag to him. Like almost almost a carelessness to it, like where it felt like I don't even care. I'm just gonna go out and dominate. But the the one cooler performance, and I think you gotta give it to him, is the Doc Ellis no hitter on LSD. I mean, that yeah, that's, that's pretty freaking cool, man. Definitely impressive. <laughs> <laughs> David so Wells good. perfect game, you know, hungover. It's yeah. all right, you know, there are a few. Yeah, yeah, but like Cliff Lee, man, and I actually don't think he cared. I mean, as as it turned out, he it probably turned, didn't yeah, care. It turned out he probably did not give two <laughs> f's. Yep, yep, and he and. The history will not forget the four nothing blown lead, um, or at least I won't forget it because just like I haven't <laughs> forgotten Cole Hamels. But um, yeah, just a, just an unbelievable game, and I just remember watching him like this is this is like the coolest thing ever. Where where, where were you for for Cliff Lee in game one? Uh, where was I for Cliff Lee game one? I remember. Hold on, I could see the image of I was definitely at a bar. Nah, classic. I just can't remember which bar. Wait, I can't remember which so, bar, but I was at a bar. Is it the Cliff Lee game or is it the Utley two homer game? It's the Cliff Lee game for me, at least. But I well, mean, it's yeah. crazy to say that because I mean, not that many people have hit two home runs in a World Series game. And beating CC again, I still even even after they won Game One, I was like, eh, I still don't think they're winning the series. Like, I, I just, I think I was never that heartbroken about series because I just didn't think they were going to win anyway. Um, and I guess we were coming off the we're coming off winning the World Series, yeah. Makes it yeah, a little it easier. It wasn't exactly killer, but um, just awesome. Uh, also, the year before, I mean, t- tomorrow is the anniversary of Game Five in two thousand eight. Obviously, oh, buddy, yeah, we're we're actually at the at the M- anniversary of the day off right now. I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, well, of course. I mean, what else would we, what, I know? It was brutal. It was brutal yeah. in the moment. It was like oh, I can't believe they're not playing this game today. We got to wait another day. Oh my god. Yeah, brutal. Um, although it would have been hilarious if like that the the World Series went to a game seven and like they had to delay it two days because of the COVID with Justin Turner and like the Rays were involved in it again. In that postponed. actually, Jack. <laughs> oh my God, that would have been wild, man. You're right. That would have been crazy, and could have um, like theoretically could happen. Also, if you if you would like a deep dive into Jack and James's thoughts on on Game Five, we did a. We did a podcast, I think, right at the beginning of of yes. the lockdown, or not yes. the lockdown, but of, of quarantine. the pandemic. Yeah, of quarantining, where we went back and we rewatched Game Five and like really did like a, a really deep dive into Game Five, like maybe more in depth than any podcast we've done. I mean, we had notes, you know. We oh, had we the, had like serious notes. Serious notes. We had to record it twice. Yeah. How <laughs> could I ever forget, Jack? Your computer. Yeah. Yep, my very trustworthy computer. So, so we recorded it one day, and then your computer died. And we were like a good 50-plus minutes into it. Like, it was not like, oh, we're 20 minutes in. Like, we had recorded, like, pretty much all the podcasts. And Jack's computer just died, I guess. So, like, he lost yep. it all. Like, there was yep. no – so <laughs> we had my audio. So I have all my audio of this whole podcast. Um, but yeah, and not yours, and we couldn't do it. And then we did it like two days later. We we didn't even have the heart to do it again for two days because we were so bummed. Well, it was just like the World Series. Um, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. How did we not yeah. put that together? Good job. I don't know. I don't know. So, um, happy twelve year anniversary. Ugh, gosh, that's terrifying. Yeah, look who um, you're talking to, buddy. I know because you're so old. I, I know. I know. I know. Um, so Howard, a friend of the friend of the podcast, Howard Eskin, had an interesting report on Saturday. Um, so he he on the air he said that 
Andy McPhail is leaning on Matt Klintak to help him pick the next GM, no, which seems like a bad no, idea. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. No, it seems like it seems like a bad idea. Now, I will say, I will say, if he's like helping him di- uh, dissect who like the best, you know, analytic G- possible GMs were, eh, you know, I can see the value in it. Right? Yeah, and uh, you don't think no? they're talking. All right, so it, we've got it down to Ned, Dave, and Jim. Which one do no. you think's the best? Which one's the guy? You're saying you, you you're saying you don't trust Clontak <laughs> to help them out. I don't trust either of them. Why are they you here, Jack? Why are we still talking about McPhail and Clentac? Why? Why, dude? Why? I can't. Why? I can't believe. I can't believe Andy McPhail is still here. Like I just. Andy McPhail being here is just dreadful. Just, to, I mean, seriously, he hasn't been good since the nineties. Yeah, it's a disaster. Like, it's embarrassing that he's here. It's an embarrassment. Oh, well, there could be one good thing to Andy McPhail still being here is that Dave Dombrowski won't come. I mean, that that could be a good thing for Andy. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Hey, look. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. Whatever it. Whatever it takes to to mm-hmm. to keep to keep Dave Dombrowski away from this True. franchise. True. Fair. Take. Fair. Um. Um. Oh, we didn't get. Uh, we didn't mention earlier, but Salisbury wrote today that um, JT would like to stay here, um, and he does not really want to play in New York. He's not keen on playing in New York. So, you know, much like Cliff Lee. But did have the did have the qualifier. If they give him a record amount of money, he'll go there. Is what I said, just to keep it real. Don't care about that part. I don't <laughs> care about the part where where he's not keen on playing in New York. Um, final thing here. Oh, and also, uh, I think I think high hops will be in cans by next week. So. I think uh, oh, we're to have high hops and cans. Oh, I'm having a, uh, I'm drinking a Fritz beer right now. So, um, the fr- it's our, it's our Marzen from Four Fingers. So, if you're into Marzen, into Oktoberfest kind of beers, um, yeah, go out to to Four Fingers and pick some up for yourselves. But we should be in cans starting next week. And as always, go in and try to talk Phillies with my dad. He will have no idea what you're talking about. So uh, my final thing is here. So what would you say, James, is like the most pressure you've like, like have you ever felt pressure in your life? Have I ever felt pressure in my life? Yeah, like what would you say is like your most pressure-filled moment? Like just, just I mean, because you, you didn't really play sports growing up. Like so I, I know you don't really know well, anything was, about pressure. What are you talking about? I was captain of my uh, varsity football team, and I played varsity baseball. So I don't know what you're talking about, big dog. I assume like college sports, which you barely did. Uh, hey, nine warnings in you. Um so, like, what would you say? Like, what would you say? Like, is 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 a pressure to do? Like, what was your uh, most pressure? I mean, I, you know, I, I like having a kid in that moment when you're, you know, having not, a kid. Having a kid is daily pressure. I'll for say a lot that. of pressure in that one. I mean, like our job, as you know, can have some pressure pack situations and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I've I've been up with the bases loaded once or twice, not in any super high profile games, but you know, here and there. Where where are you going with this, Jack Fritz? Uh. Because I would just like to say to everyone out there, there is no higher pressure, high leverage, you know, like Gabe used to say, situation than attempting to parallel park when there's someone behind you. Like, <laughs> Jack, like it's I just, am, it, Jack, I would say that there are a few things on this planet that I am truly great at. Like, I'm very good at a lot of things. Like, but like certain things like drinking car bombs, you know, you you put the, the shot of the Baileys and the Jameson in the Guinness. Like I'm just really effing fast at it. Like I never lose. I will beat anyone. I don't care who you are. I am amazing at it. Like there are just certain things that I'm truly great at. Parallel parking is one of those things, Jack. I am an all-time, all-time, all-time great parallel parker. So in this specific situation... I feel no pressure. In fact, Jack, I would go so far as to say I like an audience. Wow. I prefer it because then I like to do the one move, the little like, and I'm in so fast and I just look back. I'm like, yeah, you're impressed. I know you're impressed. It's cool. You don't got to say anything. 
that is a different level of cockiness. Now, I would like to point out, I would like to point out to the listeners, because once again, we never lie. You're driving a Mini Cooper. I mean, well, it's now I am. Yes, easiest. it's the best. Yes. Well, why, that's why I got the Mini Cooper because we had a Mini Cooper about th- 10, 12 years ago in the city. It's the best city car in the history of anything ever. You can fit in any spot. It is unbelievable. But like I've also, I mean, I could parallel park with any car. Like I, I, again, I had a Hyundai Sonata before that. I parallel parked the, the crap out of that. A Volvo before that. Beast mode. I've lived in the city for like thirteen years. Like you get very good at it. Yeah, I was just like, I mean, the Mini Cooper is like, I mean, it's steroids. Like, it's, yes, you're, it you're, is. You're on, it is. I will not argue that. It is the steroids <laughs> of par- you are. It is performance enhancing parallel cheating. parking. It is. It's, it is. It's totally true. It's totally true. But when you but see like, some, like the spot I'm in tonight, actually, it's funny that you bring this up that I got tonight. So my favorite thing with the Mini is when you'll pull by a spot and you'll go, I can't fit in there. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to try. And then you fit in and you got a foot on each side and you're like, this this car, man. This car. Yeah, I never feel that. I, I, I never. When I, if I see a spot even being marginally too close, like <laughs> I'm driving around the block. Like I hate it. I hate having someone behind me because, like, I get all frazzled. Like I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna go park like, an hour away and walk. <laughs> oh, like that's how small I feel right now. Like there's, like I, I've dealt with pressure. I mean, I'm two and zero in the high school playoffs for a reason. I mean, I, I live for pressure. Um, golf, not so much because golf's, you know, it messes with your head and. Uh, obviously our jobs are pretty pressure filled, but I just, it's like, it's like a game seven every single time you parallel park. I mean, it's that level of pressure and then they're behind you and they're like, you know, they're thinking like, can we hurry it up here? Like they're not thinking like, Oh, take your time. So then you got to think about the people behind you. You got to think about parking. I think about not hitting the cars around you, by the way, since living in the city, I've noticed way too many people that are just like very fine. Just hitting the cars behind them. <laughs> it's like, Called, That's not how this works. It's called the Philly like bump, Jack. You can't just hit the car behind you. Like you can't just do that. Like you're that's not happening. You're not allowed to just hit the car behind you cuz you're like it's inconveniencing you. So, you know, I would just like everyone out there if you are stuck behind someone trying to parallel park, like there's a human in there, all right? And that human <laughs> is probably is probably really stressed and uh just calm down you know we, we all know i like really, to judge you know, them i like to look and be like oh they got no chance oh they're going in way too hot or oh that is a terrible angle or i'll be like "Ooh, this girl's good look at that that's a good move right there so yeah i judge yeah. them when i mind but like in in james and james seltzer's voice these are human beings <laughs> you know so like they're <laughs> <laughs> there are human beings in that car that are that. Hey, hey, they're human hey, beings, that's, Jack. Yeah, that human being also wants to get in the spot. Okay, so you know, everyone in that situation, they, everyone wants the same end goal. Let me get in the spot without the Philly bump and let everyone go on their way. <laughs> so you know, I don't need you, you. You bearing down. I will get in and out at some time. Give me a little bit. Of <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> That I could see that. I could see that if you're not a super comfortable parallel parker, people behind you, you're kind of feeling it. That's a tough spot. It's a tough spot. It's a it's a it's, it's a damn near impossible spot. Yeah. I would like to see Madison Baumgartner try to parallel park, and he was yeah. the clutchest p- pitcher I've seen in the postseason ever. I'll t- I'll 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 parallel park war against Madison Baumgartner any day. Well, what if it's what if it's? Do you need me to give you seven? lessons or something? I could teach you. No, like I, I'm fine. I'm fine if there's no one around. Need a lesson, buddy. A I'll give you a free lesson. As soon as that car is behind me, it's like <laughs> you oh, just, here you we just go. melt. You panic. Oh, I I just want to crawl up into a ball <laughs> and just I just want to get in that freaking uh, so spot. The, and go it's home. so funny. I'm the opposite. I'm like looking at them like you better slow down, like relax. Like when they're like coming up too hot, I'm like. I've honked at people to like back up so I can get into a spot if they don't see my blinker on. Like, I'm pretty aggressive on the roads, Jack. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't exactly exude calmness. So, no, I'm, yeah, I, I, I will, I will, I will say this: I am, I am the king of hypocrisy in the sense that, like, someone will, and I will totally admit it, and it, it's a, a horrible quality, but like, someone will do something like super annoying that I know I would like, not super annoying, but like. Kind of like maybe come out like and and not speed up quick and not even that. That's a bad example because I would always do that. But like anyway, the point is like someone will like go. You know what? It, like a good example is like like kind of gun it, 
coming like if you're going straight and it's a there's no left hand turn signal they'll kind of go like right before it turns green to kind of gun it across and go like i'll be i'll get annoyed when people do that to me when i'm going straight but i totally do that all the time so i'm very hypocritical as a driver but that's because i'm good at it jack so yeah, well, I mean, when be. I get behind people, I, when I get behind people and they're parallel parking, I'm like, come on, let's figure it out. <laughs> I so, know, I know. I, I, t- I totally get it, but that's 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 what I got. <laughs> I love it. Somehow uh, we go for over an hour. We, I, did, I didn't even think we talked much Phillies. It was good. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, uh, we'll be back next week, probably like um, Wednesday or Thursday, I would think, obviously. Some, you know, stuff happening next week. Vote. It is your patriotic duty you're right definitely get out and vote if you haven't already um final thought uh i meant to mention this uh i don't know if you saw this johnny heller tweet this uh alec bohm zero infield pop-ups this season did you see that so he's the next vado he's the next vado jack I'll take. I, I I've already convinced myself he's he's the next freddie freeman so even uh, better i'm at the freddie freeman point I am in with that, and uh, soon enough, hopefully, we'll be watching him win Rookie of the Year. All right, until next week, he's Fritz himself. We'll see you guys later.